Coming up on today's show, Kevin McGuire is in to talk the latest AP polls and the balance of power in the Big Ten after Iowa had to go and mess things up over in the West. That's coming up right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every weekday. Welcome into our Tuesday episode, and thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Hope you make your second listen, Lock On Nittany Lions. Our host, Kevin McGuire, is the co-host with us here every single Tuesday, helping us kind of get a deeper dive into what we've seen over the weekend in Big Ten sports. And we'll talk more with Kevin about that in a moment. But the AP rankings came out over the weekend, Kev, and while the Big Ten's still well-represented, just run down the whole list. Ohio State 5, Michigan 6, Penn State 7, Michigan State 9, Iowa 11, and Purdue 25. We're at a point now where a couple weeks ago we were talking two teams in the college football playoffs. We weren't just talking about it. We were seeing it in the standings and the rankings. Now, as it stands, zero Big Ten teams if the AP were to decide things today. What do we do wrong here? Well, Iowa forgot to uh, play some defense against a very good, uh, very explosive Purdue offense, which uh, you know I don't think anybody really saw coming. And, you know, I don't know if Iowa was just set up for the perfect letdown after the win against Penn State, but, you know, Purdue, David Bell, they've been giving Iowa nightmares for the last couple of years, so... Uh, they just as good of a secondary as that Iowa team has been this season. They have no answers for David Bell. So David Bell just comes in and wrecks the possibility of two Big Ten teams getting into the college football playoff. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's going to be very difficult for that to happen. But still, even though you just ran down the rankings, even though there's no Big Ten team that's in the top four for right now, there's still a very good possibility that any of these teams that you just mentioned, maybe with the exception of Purdue, could still get into the college football playoff because there's still a lot of time to play. Uh, those teams in the Big Ten East, we all know, are going to be playing each other. So if any one of those teams can run the table out of the Big Ten East, I still think you got a very good chance to get a team into the college football playoff. But I think we can eliminate the possibility that two teams will get in. I don't see that happening at this point. Well, I think it's safe to say, I mean, if you're talking about just the hypothetical of things without stuff actually playing out, the SEC champion has a ticket to the big or to the playoff. Big Ten champion, I think, still has a ticket to the playoff no matter what. Oklahoma has a ticket to the playoff if it takes care of business, I think. And I think that's about it as far as sure things go the rest of the way. But I don't know, even if Oklahoma's that, I don't know what to think about the rest of just everything going on in college football right now i don't know if you can rule this out yet i mean i'm with you with the logical argument behind what i think you're trying to say about what that iowa loss means because it does eliminate some scenarios where you can get two really elite resumes to put up there but i think that there's a lot of college football that you have to not think about logically here and i just think that there's a good enough chance that another outside factor could make this viable again. Again, it's out of the Big Ten's hands now. I I would say before they had the opportunity to do it themselves. 
Now they need help from SEC teams losing probably and other things happening to make it any sort of a possibility. But I, I don't know. I, I'm just, maybe it's just the optimist in me that's not losing hope yet. I, I know what you're saying is probably true, that the Iowa loss eliminates a lot of what we talked about last week in, in what the Big Ten would need to do to get this done. But I think two playoff teams out of this conference and this year especially, I don't think anyone can count that out in the Big Ten or SEC, at least, just yet. Well, I will say this. It, I don't see it happening for the Big Ten, but the way that this season is going, I agree. I mean, we shouldn't eliminate every possibility. I just think it's a little – it's far less likely now than it was when we were talking about this a week ago. But you just ran through you know, the teams and the scenarios that are out there. Um, you know, there's still a very good possibility. We could still see two SEC teams get in there. Uh, but you know that Alabama and Georgia, one of those teams has to lose because they're very likely to play in the SEC title game. Alabama has already lost. So uh, I think a two loss Alabama would certainly help the, uh, I almost said Penn State's cause, <laughs> a little homer biasm maybe. Uh, but I think that that would help the Big Ten's opportunity, uh, assuming that, you know, some things fall into place for the Big Ten. And I think that that would mean Iowa not losing another game uh, because you would probably need a one loss team <laughs> to come out of this big 10 somehow. And then I still think if you want two big 10 teams in there, Michigan running the table is probably the best bet uh, at least getting to the big 10 championship game. Because if you've got Michigan undefeated in the big 10 title game, uh, odds are they're going to be highly ranked. And if they're going up against a one loss Iowa team that ends up beating Michigan, I think that that's the most likely scenario that would benefit the big 10 uh, obviously i don't see that happening i think ohio state is still the team to beat in that big 10 east and that could uh, eliminate the possibility all over once again so i think it's an uphill climb but the way that the season has been going around college football you never know what's going to happen this weekend i mean florida could hand georgia a loss out of nowhere uh coming up here so uh who knows what's going to happen uh, there's this has been a crazy season. You know, the number two team does not hold for very long. So, I mean, Cincinnati could potentially get knocked out. And think about this. If Cincinnati loses in their conference championship game, not only are they not going to the playoff, but they would not even be guaranteed a spot in a New Year's Six bowl game because they would not be the highest ranked conference champion because they would not be a highest, uh, they would not be a conference champion. So that is another wrinkle that we could throw in there. Although I, I don't think Cincinnati is going to lose that conference either. So it's <laughs> just another thing to be keeping an eye on. I think if you're a big 10 fan, I left Cincinnati out of that conversation really did. Are the Bearcats getting close to a lock? If they stay undefeated, it, how many more teams have to lose another game here at the top or lose a game at the top for them to be like, all right, we should be in here if we just do our jobs. Well, I think they have to continue smashing everybody the way they did uh, UCF over the weekend. And I think there's a good chance that they, they can possibly do that. Yeah. Getting, a, getting a lock for a top four, I think it's getting more and more realistic. Again, Cincinnati, I think, has to keep doing what they're, they've been doing. Uh, I think they've done everything they can in non-conference play. Um, they have to hope that Notre Dame keeps winning games, too, that help uh, boost the stock a little bit. It would help if Indiana won a few more games, but I don't think Indiana is going to be coming to Cincinnati's defense here. And I think if you're a Cincinnati fan, certainly you don't want uh, two Big Ten teams for sure. Uh, and I think uh, you're looking at the Big 12, you know, ironically, because they'll be heading to the Big 12 soon enough. But, you know, you've got an undefeated Oklahoma and an undefeated Oklahoma State. Um, you know, there's a possibility that those two teams could play twice in the Big 12 championship game, uh, in addition to the, the Bedlam game. And, mm -hmm. you know, those two teams splitting those two potential games would probably help Cincinnati's cause. But 
I think Cincinnati is getting closer and closer to not necessarily being a lock, but being a very realistic option for one of those four bits. Yep. And again, still a lot of time to talk about all that as the season continues to go through what is really straight in the middle of the season right now. We're going into close to the home stretch, but this is when things get really, really interesting now that we've kind of established who is and isn't, at least in this college football season. That's going to be fun to watch as we go down the stretch, but also fun to watch those teams that aren't quite at the top of the Big Ten, but fighting a little bit for bowl bowl eligibility. It obviously matters if you know college sports. And Kevin and I are going to go over it here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Also talk a little bit about the actual Big Ten races that are now a little bit more wide open after that Iowa loss. That's coming up right here on Locked On Big Ten on a Tuesday. College football fans, prize picks is the place to go for all of your fantasy sports needs for college sports. Prize picks provides more fantasy sports options for college than anywhere else. If you want to put together a daily fantasy lineup of college players, Power 5, mid-major, betting on yards, touchdowns, over-unders, whatever you want to do, you can put together a parlay of like two to five different player picks, and if it hits, you could be winning big. Thanks to the Daily Fantasy over at Prize Picks. And if you go over there right now and use our promo code LOCKED ON when you sign up, you get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Head on over to prizepick.com right now. This is not just another fantasy site, this is a new way to play the game. So try them out again, prizepicks.com. There's all sorts of new cars, makes, and models out there. It seems like there's more you can keep track of now than anyone could keep track of, even the pros. But the people at Rock Auto, they keep everything all organized and all their parts ready for you to choose from. So you don't have to head over to a part shop or dealerships for them to try to file through and see if they have exactly what you need. Not only can you know Rock Auto has it, you can know you're getting the right piece and know that you're getting it straight to your door at the best price and at a convenience that really can't be beat. So instead of heading all over town trying to find what you might need for your car, head to rockauto.com, find the exact part that you need for a repair, upgrade, just regular maintenance, anything, and be sure it gets delivered straight to your door at the price that nobody else can beat. Again, you can't lose by at least giving it a look rockauto.com and if you use the service let them know that we sent you put locked on in the rockauto.com little how did you hear about us box welcome back into locked on big 10 alongside kevin mcguire our tuesday co-host and the host of locked on nittany lions every weekday on the locked on podcast network i'm nate dickinson we thank you for making locked on big 10 your first listen every weekday we're talking about really all the teams across the big 10 standings but want to start with the teams right now who aren't really fighting for the top of the conference we've spent plenty of time talking about those teams because there's a lot of teams there and a lot to talk about but there's also that group of teams in that next tier that's trying to fight to make sure that they can get that bowl eligibility or really kevin get that money but that's another conversation for another show but it is about trying to get to that postseason berth And there are a few teams in the Big Ten who are struggling to maybe get there looking at the rest of the schedule. We talked about this yesterday with Jay Stevens, and you brought up wanting to talk about it here today. So I 
thought we could dive deeper, but we talked first about the Nebraska Cornhuskers being a team who right now at three and five have to win three more games to hit that guaranteed bowl eligibility. And as it stands, we discussed it yesterday. The schedule the rest of the way is not looking good for Scott Frost's team. No, it is not. And, uh, you know, I kind of put out a tweet there too, kind of looking at some of the upcoming games that Nebraska has left. Um, refresh my memory, but I know they got to play Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they play... Team it... play, I'll run through. It's Purdue next week, which is now a ranked team. Then right. that's get that game's at home. Home against Ohio State. On the road against Wisconsin. And then home against Iowa to end. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin and Iowa, I still think are probably the top two teams in this division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think that Iowa is going to be the team that probably comes out of this division, but you know, I think Wisconsin is maybe getting a little bit better as the season goes on. I, I'm not hundred percent sold on them, but uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for Nebraska. Nonetheless, uh, Ohio state, I think we can pencil in as a pretty solid loss for Nebraska. Well, yeah, that's I, the thing. I think, I, I think I could have argued for them being able to, be able to knock off any of these teams and surprise someone before last weekend when they end yeah. up losing to Minnesota. That's a big and telling loss to me, but go ahead. Yeah, because they had been playing actually fairly better than their record would indicate. They played some close games against some good teams. You know, Oklahoma is a pretty darn good team in the big 12 and maybe they're even better now. Uh, Michigan state has certainly been proving that they're a pretty solid team. Uh, and, um, you know, Nebraska's had some tough breaks and, I fully expected that we were going to finally see the breaks go Nebraska's way this past weekend against Minnesota. And lo and behold, that just was not the case at all. So I don't know what to make of this Nebraska team. I do know that it is going to be incredibly difficult for them to get to the six win minimum. You know, there's, I guess there's always flexibility uh, for some five win teams, but are they going to get the five wins? (laughs) That's I think another question that we need to keep in mind too. Because I was looking at the schedule and I wasn't even considering that Purdue would be a huge obstacle. And now I'm looking at what Purdue just did against Iowa. And all of a sudden, this schedule looks even more daunting for Nebraska. So, you know, I went through the Nebraska history books and I think you have to go back to the mid to late 50s, if I'm not mistaken, to find out the last time that a coach coached four seasons in Nebraska without getting to a bowl game. And his name escapes me right now, but that's how far you have to go back for Nebraska football to find four seasons without a bowl game under a new head coach. Uh, Spoiler alert, that guy did not last much longer than those four seasons. And Scott Frost is staring down a a very sticky situation. And I think it's, um, it's, it's fair to be losing a little bit of patience with what he's been doing or not been doing with this Nebraska program. Yeah. I mean, it's something I mentioned yesterday with Jay Stevens. It's like, there's still a chance that Nebraska ends up having the best season that they've had under Scott Frost and could very well still be pretty disappointed with what they have at the end of the year. But that, that's a conversation for another day. Another one of these teams is the Indiana Hoosiers, Kevin. And these are just a couple of squads who have honestly faced tough schedules. Nebraska had to play Oklahoma early on. And then you mentioned Michigan state and lost to Michigan and a close one as well to play these teams tight. Indiana's the same way, still looking for its first big 10 win two and four on the season. And it still has to play a ranked Purdue team to end the season and a ranked Michigan team on the road in a couple of weeks, as well as facing off against Ohio state at home this weekend. So, I mean, there's the game against Maryland on the road. That could be a win. It still has Rutgers. It still has Minnesota too, but that's 
three wins for a team that right now has only two wins. So it's still looking for more again to try and find that bowl eligibility and big 10 doesn't get easy. There's no easy part of that schedule. No, and Indiana in that Big Ten East, of course, which we've talked about, I don't know how many times now, about how difficult this is going to be just for those top four teams in the division, let alone Indiana sitting there trying to get the bowl eligibility. And Nate, I know before the season, you and I had talked about Indiana before, and we had lower expectations for Indiana. I don't know about you, but I didn't think that it was going to be this low. But like no. you said, this has been a challenging schedule for Indiana. And obviously, Michael Penix getting injured doesn't hurt or help their cause. Uh, but Indiana, whatever reason, just has not been in the same kind of sync and rhythm that they were a year ago. I, I, I don't think that last year was a fluke, but I expected them to be more competitive or at least maybe showing more signs of consistency this season than we have seen. Not necessarily getting all the wins that they did last year, but I'm a little uh, surprised that it, things have been this difficult to come by for Indiana so far. So, and, and looking at the rest of the schedule, I don't think it's going to get a whole lot easier for them anytime soon. Well, it's something and something that I, I mean, I think is really just true across the conference. It's like this team's talented. And you saw like last week against Michigan State, even if it's struggling, even if it's going through this season, that's going to be whatever it is for the Hoosiers, that squad's still a talented football team that's going out there and practicing every week, trying to win games. Like it's not going to have a bad week every single week, right? Even the dysfunctional teams are going to show up every once in a while in the big 10. And then you see Indiana almost knock off a Michigan state team despite everything telling you that Indiana is not a team that's ready to win that game and Michigan state's firing on all cylinders. So there's no reason why the Hoosiers should have held Kenneth Walker, the third to his most conservative game so far of right. a Heisman campaign of a season. That team hasn't played like that. That's just the way that these big 10 teams are. Everyone's good enough that you're going to be able to have those situations where Purdue beats an Iowa, a Minnesota beats a Nebraska, and the Indiana is going to be able to play with the Michigan State. So I think across the board, I, what I'm trying to say is we're talking about how we don't see these wins. We haven't seen a lot of the wins that have been taking place over the last couple of weeks in the Big Ten. So anything can happen, obviously, uh, across the board in these Big Ten standings. It's not just the top of the conference that's going to get affected. But you're right. There's things that need to just change for these two teams to be able to get to those points. I think Indiana, though, has looked at least a little bit better over the course of the last couple of weeks and trying to find itself over the course of the season, I guess. But yeah. is there anybody else I'm trying to look up and down? I mentioned Minnesota, and I'll look at their schedule right now, too. The Gophers right now, record-wise, I'm making sure that I have this right. They have three wins already. They have four wins already. They're four and two, so they only need two more wins. They got Northwestern. They got Illinois. All right. Minnesota should be there. They, they, they should about. be okay. They should yeah. be okay. And, yeah. in fact, you can even throw I Minnesota. Because I said they have to play Wisconsin. They have to play Iowa again. So, if the rest had some tough things along the way. But they've got Northwestern, Maryland, Illinois, Indiana, the other four games. So, I, I actually think that the conversation with Minnesota is not getting to a bowl game, but they are right in the thick of that big 10 West division race right now too. So maybe I think, I think the expectations are right now a little bit higher for Minnesota, given the fact that Iowa losing over the weekend kind of opened the door a little bit. 
Well, they're yeah, yeah, they're in that second spot. They are the team that beat Purdue in the conference, I believe. If I'm getting that, yeah, they beat. Yeah, they've got the head, to head against Purdue. So last week before Purdue beat Iowa, so they have the win against Purdue. Obviously, still have to play Wisconsin, Iowa, have the win against Nebraska. I mean, yeah, Minnesota's in that second spot right now. I mean, they're going to play Iowa in a few weeks. That's obviously going to be it. But yeah, Gophers are there. Gophers have been there though. So they have been. We'll, we'll see if they're able to do it this time. That's been the biggest critique of PJ Fleck. While he's now three and one and has won three in a row against Scott Frost. And I've seen plenty online from my old Gopher fan base of people going in on how much PJ Fleck has dominated that matchup. He's still got the two biggest rivalries that he has yet to really do much of anything in. But anyway, that's a conversation for another day. If I can throw another team your way real quick about whether or not they're going to get to a bowl eligible, I right. want to know what you think. Okay. How about Rutgers? Okay. I'm looking at the Rutgers schedule right now. Rutgers right now is three and four uh, coming off a, a bad loss against Northwestern. They, they desperately need a bye week given the, the run that they've been on lately, but after the bye week, all right, they're going to get a road trip to Illinois. That seems like it's a winnable game to me. They get Wisconsin at home and then they get a road trip to Indiana, which we just talked about. Road trip to Penn State could be pretty tricky for Rutgers. And then they get a home game against Maryland. Can Rutgers win three of those games, Nate? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's one of those things. I mean, if you end the season and Rutgers playing in a bowl game while Tom Allen and the Indiana Hoosiers are sitting at home, I mean, that's just one of those things that you don't – you can't predict anything. You, no. you don't know anything. Nobody knows anything right, right now. <laughs> So it's, I mean, we can have these conversations all day about what won't or will happen. Kev, I mean, is there anyone you expect to be able to, let's say, turn around from the teams that are struggling or, or keep things going like a, a Rutgers and take advantage of an opportunity here to slip into a bowl game opportunity here? Northwestern is another team that I think their win against Rutgers kind of changes the dynamic of where they could potentially go. And I think if there's one thing you can say about Pat Fitzgerald is he knows how to get his team rallying around. So hasn't been a great year for Northwestern uh, and they still have to play Iowa and Wisconsin, but they're sitting at three and three right now. Okay. So they only need three wins. They're going to play Minnesota. They get that game at home. You got to go to Michigan. That could be tough, but they also get uh, Purdue and Illinois at the end of the season. I'm not ready to say that those are games that Northwestern should or will absolutely lose. Uh, especially, I mean, those last two games. So I think Northwestern is in position where they're not going to play for the division, but I think a bowl game is certainly within reach now because of that Rutgers win. I think that's huge for Northwestern moving forward. All right, Kev. Well, let's take a look before we let you go. Penn State this weekend. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know why I'm Googling it. Who do they, who do they have? <laughs> they are playing the Illinois Fighting Illini, uh, Brett Bielema. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it should be a good rebound opportunity for Penn State. I will say that the big storyline continues to be whether or not Sean Clifford is going to play. Uh, it's obviously being monitored uh, after he got knocked out against Iowa. There hasn't been real strong indication one way or the other. I'm fully prepared for him not to play this weekend. And I think that that'll be okay because I think that Penn State should be able to win this game, even if Sean Clifford is not available. You got Ohio State the week after that. So I think if you want to give Sean Clifford a little bit of an extra time to make him more available for potentially Ohio State, I think you got to take it. It will be an opportunity for Penn State again to try and bounce back out of that bye as well, right? They didn't play last weekend. That's right. 
That's right. I actually got a chance to sit back and relax. I I got a chance to sit back and relax and watch some college football without much of a rooting interest. And it was pretty fun. I I enjoyed a week off, but I'm looking forward to getting back into game shape this weekend. Whatever happens with Sean Clifford this week or anything else with Penn State, obviously Kevin will have it over at Locked On Nittany Lines every single weekday. Kevin, before we let you go, remind people where they can get the show and everything else that you're up to. Yeah, like you said, uh, Locked on Nittany Lions every Monday through Friday. We're available wherever you get your audio podcasts on the Odyssey app or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get the podcasts for Locked on Big Ten. You can get the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast as well. And of course, we're also on YouTube. So check out the YouTube channel. We're having a lot of fun there, uh, showing some good uh, growth and communication and having some fun interacting with people, too, by throwing out uh, some YouTube comments of the day. Of course, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. That's especially active during games. So we have a lot of fun there, just kind of uh, goofing off, sharing some stats and reactions as the game's unfolding. So it's a good way to stay interactive with the podcast. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing what you guys have to say. You can also follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Yeah, you guys have a whole lot of fun over there. I know in that little Locked On Nittany Lions community, be sure to give them a follow if you're a Penn State fan. And of course, as always, follow and listen in wherever you listen into your podcast to Locked On Nittany Lions and us here on Locked On at Big Ten. We'll be back tomorrow with more here on the program. We're not just having football polls anymore. Basketball polls are out too. We'll switch sports here and talk the numbers in the preseason polls on that side here tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten.